This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, October 3rd, 2021. Broken Road, Hagar. Morning, Connection Church. Morning, good to be with you here and online. Glorious day to be part of God's kingdom. Amen? Amen. So this morning we start a new series called The Broken Road. We're going to look at four women from the book of Genesis, first book of the Bible, four women who traveled the broken road due to their own choices or due to the choices of someone else. This uh, morning, we're going to take a look at a walk down the broken road with Hagar. Well, good morning, Connection Church. My name is Carrie Jones. I'm Alan Jones. And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That was a pretty serious video, wasn't it? And we have some serious stuff to talk about with Hagar and the other women uh, for the month. We pray that um, we'll all grow as we learn about these women. But a little bit less serious and totally joyful, Hopefully. we have someone <laughs> to introduce to you this morning on the screen, Landon Henry Gray. Now you're like, well, who is he? He is, first of all, the infant son of Kelsey Laird Gray and Chris Gray. Kelsey grew up in this church, was baptized, was married, and now they have their baby. And that's Diane, who plays keyboard, and Bob, who plays drums, their first grandchild. So we're so excited to have them and to have, and you'll meet them, you'll meet them uh, eventually, so that'll be good. Um, the other thing, okay, what is this, everybody? Yeah, I am looking out, and a lot of you have volunteered. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Still need a few more um, in order to really be able to pull the event off with excellence. So if you haven't, and if you're able to, there are two shifts. Uh, Michelle or Dot will be outside, and you can just give them your name. And it is going to be such an incredible event. So thank you ahead of time. Also, if you are know a business or someplace where people are coming in and out, and if they can take a stack of flyers, there's a stack of 25, like, I put some in Elena's, Robert Yalley with his food truck, he gave them out. Let's get creative so that we can get the word out. Or they could take one themselves and give it to their neighbor, right? Well, that's right. We've got a couple neighbors that we need to do that yeah. with. So Give it to a friend or a neighbor good. or a co-worker. Yeah. All right. Well, let's pray. Mighty God, thank you so much for today. It is great to be together, to worship you, to lift our hearts through our voices, and now settle in to learn more about uh, the broken road that some of the women of the Bible wrote, and Lord, how you met them right where they were, and um, there was such redemption. So we thank you for this time, and we give it to you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Let's start right off with our scripture for this morning. It's found in Genesis chapter 16. Now Sarai... Abram's wife, had not been able to bear children for him. But she had an Egyptian servant named Hagar. So Sarai said to Abram, 
The Lord has prevented me from having children. Go and sleep with my servant. Perhaps I can have children through her. And Abram agreed with Sarai's proposal. So this passage of scripture is a little challenging for us because the world we live in is um, it's a whole lot different than the world that we have pictured here in the 16th chapter of Genesis. In that world, Sarai's world, one of the primary, probably the primary expectation for Hebrew women, a married woman, was to bear children. I mean, that was her, her like main purpose, take, take care of the household, bear children, preferably male children. We read of several women in the Old Testament who were what they call barren, unable to, to give birth, including Rebecca and Rachel, and in this case, Sarai, all from the book of Genesis, all three. This inability to have children was, well, it was cause for humiliation for two reasons. First was children were your safeguard. They were your insurance policy, your pension, so to speak, for the future. They would take care of you, hopefully, that was the plan anyway, in your old age, in addition to helping care for livestock and such. Second, and even more challenging, was the idea that the inability to have children stemmed from some hidden sin on the part of the woman. Now, we know that's not true, but that's, uh, that's how it was in Sarai's culture. As we read in Rachel Adaman's blog, Barren Women in the Bible, we read this, often these biblical women suffer deep shame as a consequence of not giving birth their barrenness attributed to some hidden wrong, sin, or flaw. That's really painful to hear because yeah. that's not what we think. But that was the prevalent thought. That was the reality for them. That was the reality. And we know that today there is much, much pain around this um, barrenness as well. Well, women... Uh, the women who were barren back in the day that we're talking about would use the available means to rid themselves of this shame. They didn't have the fertility clinics that we know of today, those modern-day wonders, <laughs> so they used a surrogate. Now, while that still is in place today to some degree, that's the main way back then. And unlike the modern method, they did it the old-fashioned way, so they would have their husbands sleep with the surrogate mother, oftentimes um, the woman's servant. That's what Sarai suggested to her. This is hard for me to even talk about. I mean, it is crazy to me that people would do this, but anyway, that's what Sarai <laughs> suggested to her husband. Poor Abram. Poor Abram. He agreed. He agreed. Well, Do I have didn't, to? Okay. didn't seem to put up much of a fight. We don't read that anyway in Scripture. <laughs> Interesting word translated here is servant. Hebrew word is shifcha, shifcha. And it carries a variety of meanings, including servant, maid, maidservant, handmaiden, and even slave. So when you read different translations like... <clears throat> 
The New Living Translation, we get the word servant. The, the New King James Version, we get maid or maid ser- and maid servant, both in there, while the New International Version gives us slave. So you might get a slightly different kind of uh, feeling for, for what it was, but the bottom line is, is this. Hagar was uh, not in a position to leave, not in a position to refuse, not in a position to do anything other than what her boss Sarai told her to do. Because even if she was a servant, she was enslaved. She, she, she was not allowed to do what she chose to do. <clears throat> so Sarai told her what to do. Choosing not to sleep with Abram was not an option. Her life was controlled by Sarai, and that included her sleeping arrangements. Can you even imagine that? Uh, it's hard for us to, to picture that, isn't it? A little different world than we live in. From what we read, though, <coughs> this isn't uh, one and done in, in the history of humankind. Uh, uh, men have having surrogate wives, or in the Old Testament, they often call them concubines. It's kind of a, a wife without having the full privileges, or even mistresses sometimes is a word user, has been part of virtually every culture at some point in time. Go figure. The challenge here is that Hagar, though, had no choice. Alan, we didn't talk about this, but it just kind of, I just had this sick feeling. There are people that don't have choices. Still true in and some places. And there's human trafficking, and there's terrible things today. Still true. And um, so this isn't just them. Okay, and so Abram, he had non-consensual sex with Hagar, and she (coughs) conceived. And when she knew she was pregnant, she began to treat her mistress, Sarai, with contempt. No wonder. (laughs) It wasn't her choice, and now she is in the driver's seat. She's carrying the baby of her boss, Sarai, that who couldn't conceive. So no wonder she had contempt for her. And we read in verse 5, Then Sarai said to Abram, This is all your fault. I put my servant into your arms, but now that she's pregnant, she treats me with contempt. The Lord will show who's wrong, you or me. Just a mess. (laughs) Abram replied, Look, she's your servant. So deal with her as you see fit. Then Sarai treated Hagar so harshly that she finally ran away. It's like a soap opera, isn't it? You gotta love the Bible, man. It doesn't pull any punches. So Sarai, who dreamed up the scheme of Abraham sleeping with Hagar, now blames Abram for what's happened. Abram doesn't allow her to put that monkey on his back, telling her that Hagar is her servant, deal with it. And she did in such a harsh way that that her servant then ran, ran away, ran away. So have you ever gotten fed up with God's timing? Yeah. Have One you ever two. wished God would just hurry things up just a little bit? Have you ever wondered why God sometimes takes so long to take care of things, to resolve things? We have certainly felt that in our personal lives And we have felt that here at church, which is very personal as well. Uh, Speaking about church, when when the land was bought that we're on now, (laughs) 
It was a whole lot longer than we expected to begin to build. Huh. A whole lot long. 2007, 2018. It's only 11 years. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, whoo. So, and then when it came time to build, there was a whole lot of time between the planning and the building and the starting over and the building. <laughs> and then once it was built, jumping through all the state stuff, if you remember, this place sat empty for a few months before we could ever publicly be in here. So there's even, because of a pond out there or out here that they kept changing their mind. Sorry if you're watching. And that was the county. Thank the you. The ponds were the county. It was Chase come, State and County. Yeah, anyway. Waiting. <laughs> and then we got in here. We had a great nine months, and then we shut down again. Waiting. Waiting. Have we're you so ever glad you guys are here after all we the waiting. We are so <laughs> glad that we're here. But have you ever wondered, Lord, are you there? What are you doing? Are you still with us? Are you with us? Did we miss something along the way? Well, when we finally moved in and we look back, we can see God's plan as it unfolded. And it all makes kind of sense. Um, and it, even if it doesn't, it's okay, because it's all God's plan anyway. But it's all hard, and it's all waiting, and God doesn't show us the whole picture. Y'all know that. And um, God can't, because we can't handle it anyway. Can't handle it. We are incapable of taking that much in. I think, oh, I'd love to know what's going to happen in 10 years. Actually, I don't. I just like today, and then I'll go for tomorrow, and then I'll go the next day. And so knowing that God has it all under control is enough for me. Amen that. So Abram and Sarai waited for 10 years from the time he was first told that God would give him a child. And so I guess Sarai thought that was long enough. Apparently it wasn't, <laughs> because when she took matters into her own hands, it didn't turn out well. Do you ever find that when you try to circumvent God, it often doesn't turn out so well? I know I have found that true. In fact, things really went south for her and for Abram, especially for Hagar, resulting in her running away. Genesis 16, 7 through 12, though. The angel of the Lord found Hagar beside a spring of water in the wilderness along the road to Shur. And the angel said to her, Hagar, Sarai's servant, where have you come from and where are you going? I'm running away from my mistress, Sarai, she replied. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress. Oh, boy, sure, she really enjoyed hearing that. Return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Wow. And then he added, the angel added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. That sounds like what God promised Abram way back 10 years ago, doesn't it? And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. This son of yours will be a wild man, <laughs> and as untamed as a wild donkey. 
He will raise his fist against everyone. Everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all his relatives. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so we could run and hide from each other, but we can never run and hide from God. We read that in Genesis chapter 3 with Adam and Eve in the garden where they, they tried to hide and God knew exactly where they, where they were. And here 13 chapters later, we have Hagar running away, trying to hide. <clears throat> she could never run away from God. She could run away from Sarai, but she could never run away from God. God was looking out for her. God was caring for her. God was giving her a reassurance through his angel. She might not have liked that answer, but he was clearly with her, and he heard her, and he heard her story. In fact, the angel tells her to name her child Ishmael, which means God hears. We're reminded here that God cares. God truly cares for each and every one of us, especially for the least, the last, and the lost. We're reminded that we can run, but we cannot hide, because God will find us. God knows your story. God knows my story. And he not only knows the story, but he is part of the story, and he wants to be a bigger part of the story. God wants us to never forget that he is with us no matter where we are, no matter where we go, no matter how much we hurt. We're reminded of the lost son we read about in Luke 15 of the New Testament who ran away from home, got his inheritance early and ran away and went to the far country. The far country is a place where he squandered his money in wild living, we're told. And then he came back home. And he was welcomed back home by his loving fathers with his arms wide open, just like God, our loving Father, is always ready to welcome us home with arms wide open. Well, after her encounter with the angel, Hagar used another name for God, El Roy, not El Roy, but El Roy, <laughs> which means you are the God who sees me. Isn't that beautiful? Elroy, you are the God that sees me. And that is something for us to never forget. Because we weren't some random accident. You were not some random accident. You were created by God, no matter what the circumstance, created by God with a God-given purpose. And God sees you. And God knows you, and God cares for you. Nearly, I mean, there's like billions of people, and it's all of us. I don't get how it works, but God does know every single one of us. So Abram was 86 years old when Ishmael was born. Think about that, 86. 14 years later, Sarai, known then as Sarah, had a little name change, she gave birth to Isaac. She was 90, ladies. Think about that one. And her husband, now Abraham, was 100. So Barb's over there laughing. How old are you? You so, Are you 89? I think Abraham's are nickname Are you 89? Was, 
89. Hey. Isn't, isn't she amazing, 89 years old? Yes. So, but yeah, it's possible, Barb. So Abraham. Oh, no, it's not. What? <laughs> Got your little oxygen in, ready to. <laughs> so Abraham, also known as Stud, was 100 years old. 25 years. It's been 25 years since God first promised a child. Think about that, waiting 25 years. 25 years and then the, pro the promised child was delivered. As Isaac grew up and was about to be weaned from his mother, Abraham prepared a huge celebration feast. When Sarah saw Ishmael make fun of her son Isaac, because he's, a, you know, he's like, a, wow, teenagers now. He's like 15, right? 14, 15. She turned to her husband and demanded that he get rid of this slave woman and her son. She was not going to have this kid share in the inheritance with her son Isaac. Genesis 21, verses 11 through 13. This upset Abraham very much because Ishmael was his son. But God told Abraham, Do not be upset over this boy and your servant. Do whatever Sarah tells you, for Isaac is the son through whom your descendants will be counted. But I will also make a nation of the descendants of Hagar's son, because he is your son too. Mm -hmm. So again, God was there, and God had a plan. It was all planned out. The plan took care of Hagar and Ishmael in spite of the challenges that they faced that were not of her own doing in spite of the broken road that was created by Sarah with the help of her husband, Abraham. So Abraham packed food and water, strapped them on Hagar's shoulders, and sent her away with her son to wander aimlessly in the desert. When the water was gone, she put the boy in the shade of a bush and went and sat down about 100 yards away. That's the length of a football field. Pretty good distance, really. And she burst into tears, and she said she didn't want to watch the boy die. But God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven, Hagar, what's wrong? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Go to him and comfort him. For I will make a great nation from his descendants. Then God opened Hagar's eyes, and she saw a well full of water. She quickly filled her water container and gave the boy a drink. And God was with the boy as he grew up in the wilderness. He became a skillful archer, and he settled in the wilderness of Paran. His mother arranged for him to marry a woman from the land of Egypt. Mm, from her home country. <laughs> so God told Hagar to go to Ishmael and comfort him, for God was going to make a great nation from his descendants. Remember way back when God promised that Abraham would be the father of many nations. God was and always is true to his word, isn't he? And just as the Hebrew world has 12 tribes that descended from Isaac's son, Jacob, the Arab world has the 12 tribes that descended from Ishmael, 
Thus the Arabs hearkened back to Abraham through Ishmael, just as the Hebrews hearkened back to Abraham through Jacob, through Isaac. Muhammad, the, the father of Islam, is believed to be descended from Ishmael. A little interesting side point. Later in the book of Genesis, Isaac's grandson, Joseph, remember Joseph with the coat of many colors? When his uh, brother sold him into slavery, he was sold to some Ishmaelite traders, some descendants from Ishmael. Doesn't that come full circle? <laughs> there you go. And so the tension that Sarah created by circumventing God and taking matters into her own hands by having her husband sleep with Hagar, her slave, that tension has never ceased. Never ceased. Even today, the ongoing upheaval between the Jews and the Arabs seem to be never-ending. Isn't it incredible just how long-range the ripple effect can be of some actions? I know there's ripple effects in my own life from things that happened a generation or two ago. Ripple effects. And that being said, we're talking about God's faithfulness. And God was faithful to Hagar and Ishmael. And God protected them as God promised. And he made a great nation of his descendants. It's amazing how God patches the broken roads that we all create. It's important to remember the story of Hagar and Ishmael. She was an outsider, an Egyptian, not one of God's, quote, chosen people, the Hebrews, the Israelites, the Jews. She was enslaved, forced to do things contrary to her choosing, <clears throat> just taken advantage of, and then thrown out, discarded, disposed of. But God looked out for her. He cared for her. He protected her and her son. <clears throat> and he not only protected them, God created a great nation through Ishmael, extending the fatherhood of Abraham well beyond the Israelite nation. As I said earlier, three prominent religions, Islam, Judaism, and Christianity, all hearken back to Abraham, the father of many nations. Even though the Arabs and Israelites have been at odds ever since, remember how Ishmael was described, he would be a wild, a wild guy. Even though they've been at odds ever since, God was faithful <clears throat> to his promise to Hagar and her son, caring for them in the desert, giving them water they needed to live. And so on the days when you are feeling like you're on the outside, looking in, on those days when you wonder what your purpose is or why you're even here, if you're traveling a broken road in your life, whether it's the result of your choices or result of choices that have been placed on you, Remember the story of Hagar. This is a hard story, and it's important for us to try to share the 
all the story, you know, I was, as we're preaching this, I'm thinking, gosh, I wish we were talking about like the lost coin or the parable, you know, one of the parables. They're nice and happy and fun. But this is important because there's an important message to us about how God cares and God heals and God patched her broken road and God patches our broken road so that we can walk across and through that road and God patches the broken road through his own self who cared enough to come and live among us in the person of Jesus Christ who took all of our stuff and allowed himself to be crucified for us so that there's a way. There's a way. If you imagine, you know, these two cliffs, you got like God on this cliff and, and we're on this cliff and there's this big, big gap. Now imagine a cross, across the gap. So here we are over here. Sorry, cameras, you're probably going crazy. And we can like have access. We have access to our loving God who hears, who cares, who holds us in the palm of our hand in all of our brokenness. And that is such good news. That's the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's believe it and let's live it. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Almighty God, this, this is a hard story. And um, we can learn so much from Hagar and the other women that we'll be speaking of and their broken roads because it's our story too. We all have broken roads, but we are so grateful, Lord, for your son Jesus who came so that we can be free and have joy in the midst of our brokenness and that you can come into those spaces and places and we can experience healing and forgiveness and life eternal. So thank you. And we praise your holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus and the life he offers.